So as Steve mentioned, today we're going to be reading from the Old Testament story from 1 Samuel 17, 26 to 50. And as mentioned, it's likely familiar, as the song was probably familiar to many, the story is probably familiar to many as well. And just a reminder that we often say the story David and Goliath, but the story has three main characters, David, Goliath, and God. And at this point in the story, there's two nations that are against each other, and they're fighting against each other, and that's the Philistines and the Israelites. And so in the early parts of 1 Samuel 17, we're introduced to this evil character, Goliath. And Goliath is a Philistine, and, and referred to in Scripture, he's referred to as a champion. And he's over nine feet tall. I'm 6'2". You can imagine about three feet taller than me. His total armor weighed 125 pounds. He carried a spear that weighed 15 pounds. He was bigger than any WWE wrestler today. And Goliath taunted and tormented Israel for 40 days. So nobody wanted to challenge Goliath for these 40 days. That is, until this teenager, shepherd guy, David, he showed up. And David was the youngest son of Jesse. He's kind of the the runt of the family. And he was a lowly shepherd with a few sheep and, and too young to serve in the Israelite army. But David wasn't alone. As we mentioned, the third person with him. God was with him. David was a man after God's own heart. And David arrived at the army camp on that 40th day only to hear Goliath mocking and cursing his God. So before we read the rest of the story in 1 Samuel 17, let's come to God in prayer. Father God, just as you were with David and your chosen nation centuries ago, you continue to be with us, your chosen people, your church today. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us to hear your word and what you're speaking to us through this David, Goliath, and God story. Bless the reading, the preaching, and the active listening of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the story continues with 1 Samuel 17, 26 to 50. And David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And they repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I done? said David. Can I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, You're not able to go against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he's been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, 
because he's defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. And then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. And David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he wasn't used to them. I can't go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. And he took a staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in his pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. And he looked David over and saw that he was a little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. And he said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. And David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it's not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you all, give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to our God. So this familiar story is kind of a bit of an action story of David and Goliath and God. And then at the end of this story, we hear that the underdog wins. This is a good action story in which good wins over evil. We often like those kind of stories. But keep in mind that for 40 days, Israel was under the oppression of this bully. You see, sometimes it might seem that the underdog does not win. It probably did for those Israelites over that period of time. Sometimes it seems that evil wins and that the Goliath or the giant in our lives has the upper hand. And friends, we are going to face giants in our life. We're going to have those times in our life when it feels like everything is against us. It might be 40 days, it might be less, but it might be more. Now, this passage is not referring to our everyday worries. I mean, Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, that each day has trouble of its own. Every single day will have its problems. We're sinful people. We live in a sinful and a broken world. We're going to face problems each and every day. Now, this is not me being pessimistic. I think everyday worries is just being a realist. But this passage is referring to bigger issues. It's referring to conflicts in our lives. The conflicts that people would rather not confront. 
or maybe can't confront on their own. Now keep in mind, nobody, not even King Saul, went forward to confront this giant. Only David did. Because Goliath was a big giant. And this was not even a typical war for the Israelite people. Goliath was an enemy to Israel, to David and to God. Goliath was taunting Israel for 40 days. He was mocking God. And even when you are facing that one massive Goliath in your life, there's other, likely other giants taunting you too. I mean, there are those other curveballs that Satan's going to throw at you because Satan wants to wear you out and ultimately try to defeat you. So here we have it in this story. David was inquiring as to what was going on with this situation. And we hear about David's brother Eliab ridiculed David, tried to discourage him. Verse 28, Eliab burned with anger and challenged David's character and his behavior. Eliab called David conceited. He accused him of having a wicked heart. Eliab accused David of having selfish motives. You see, this was more than just sibling rivalry going on here. Then in verse 33, the wearing out and the discouragement continues. Saul discourages David by just simply saying, I think you're too young. Saul mentioned how experienced Goliath was and how inexperienced David was. David could, possibly, could not possibly fight against this Goliath. And then there just wasn't people only against David, but even property, things were against David. The suit of armor. The suit of armor that was to provide protection and security for David, it, it didn't even feel comfortable. It likely just didn't fit him. So David was not only up against his own family, he was up against the leaders, the armor. But then as he prepared to fight Goliath, Goliath too continued to make verbal jabs at David and at David's God. You know, I think if any of us were in this situation, there would have probably been enough signs for us to say, I don't think God wants me to tackle this big giant after all. And I'm going to just turn around like the rest of the people and just walk away. Let it be. But there was no doubt in David's mind that confronting Goliath was what he was called to do. This giant needed to be dealt with. And and nobody was dealing with him. Goliath was a problem. He was a distraction. He was not furthering the kingdom of God. In fact, he was against it. And David knew what he had to do, and David didn't allow the discouragements and the devil's harassment to prevent him from doing God's will. Now this passage we can, we can bring forward to our lives. And we can look at it from an individual perspective and even a community, a church perspective. And from an individual perspective, we can ask, okay, what giants do you face in your life? What Goliaths in your life are, are standing right there before you, ridiculing you, or maybe ridiculing others around you, or even ridiculing our God? And perhaps there's giants in the office, or at the home, or at school, on the computer, in the liquor bottle, prescription drugs or illegal drugs. Maybe our bills are those giants, the bills that just can't be paid. Or maybe there's certain relationships, unhealthy, dysfunctional relationships. Or maybe your giant is your past, your present, or even your future. You just can't face what occurred in your life, or you're afraid to face what might occur in your life. 
And that might be physical illness or even mental illness. Or maybe there's abuse or bullying. Or sometimes just feeling that there is no value. You have no value. Or everything in your life just seems to turn negative and it it seems so destructive. Perhaps you've been living with your Goliath for so long that this just has become, your life has just become the new normal. You just learn to live with it. Some may not want to deal with it, confront or acknowledge their giants because they're afraid or maybe there's shame or guilt. Or perhaps if it kind of just gets shoved under that rug, it's going to disappear. From a communal perspective, from a community perspective, what Goliath is before the community? What injustices and oppressions are we seeing in society and towards other people? Who or what do we need to stand up against? How can we fight against the injustices of, uh, of indigenous people or people from other races or those who live in poverty and the oppressed and the injustices tend to go on? Like Goliath, our individual and communal injustices will not disappear until it is dealt with. And there is only one way to deal with the Goliaths in our lives, and that's confronting them through faith. You see, here we have it in this story. Everyone was afraid, and David was probably afraid, but he still had his faith. He had God, and he knew what his God did with the lion and the bear. He knew that God would deal with Goliath. And David, in this passage, he refers to his God as the living God because his God, God, was present. God doesn't abandon his people. David put his complete trust in his living God. Recall the words from Psalm 23. David wrote this psalm much later in life. The Lord is my shepherd. And if, when God's my shepherd, I'm not in want of anything else. And then David goes on to say that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And perhaps in that, when he's writing that psalm, maybe he's referring to this day confronting evil Goliath. Now David lived centuries before the New Testament, but he lived according to the words that we find in 2 Corinthians 5-7, which states, we live by faith, not sight. And if David lived by sight he probably would have reacted like the rest of the Israelites. And those 40 days probably would have turned to 50 days, which then would have turned to 60, and so on. And they would have realized that they possibly could not deal with this Philistine army, let alone this Goliath guy. But David lived by faith. I mean, he saw what was before him. He saw Goliath, he was right there in front of him. And despite what he had seen, he continued to pursue on with faith. We look at the story of David and Goliath and say that David killed Goliath with five smooth stones and a sling. We sing the song too this morning. But even David acknowledges what really kills Goliath. Verses 45 to 46, David said to the Philistine, You come against me with the sword and the spear and the javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And this day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. David goes on to say that the battle is the Lord's. 
You see, God was the ammunition. God was the power that brought death to Goliath. God brought victory to Israel. And so our God continues to be powerful in our lives and in our circumstances, whatever those circumstances are today. And so we have to ask ourselves, okay, what are we focusing on? Are we focusing on things that we see? The stones, the slings, the giants that are before you? Are we putting our trust in the Lord? Are you living your life in faith rather than sight? We sang it is well with my soul. And we sang that verse when our faith, no, when our sight will become faith, our faith will become sight. You know what I mean. We will see God's glory. Living in our past is not healthy. But remembering our past is healthy. Because David remembered, here in this passage, David remembered back. He remembered what God did for him in the past. And this encouraged David for the present and the future. It was God who gave David the strength to kill the lion and to kill the bear. It was God who gave David the strength to face Goliath, to defeat Goliath. And folks, we might be small, we might be young, we might be weak. We might see that we're unable to fight the fight that's before us. And that's what we see. But when faith comes into the picture, our God is big. And it doesn't matter what we see. What matters is who we have on our side. Pastor and author John Ortberg, he shares this story. He shares a story about Bubba. And Ortberg states, quote, Many years ago, I was walking near a beach in Southern California with two friends. And two of us were on staff together at a church. One was an elder at the same church. And we walked past the bar where a fight had been going on inside. And the fight then spilled on into the street, just like in an old western. Several guys were beating up on this other guy, and he was bleeding from the forehead. We knew we had to do something, so we went over to break up the fight. He goes on to say, Orper goes on to say, I don't think we are very intimidating. All we did was walk over and say, hey, you guys, cut that out. It didn't seem to do much good. Then suddenly, they looked at us with fear in their eyes. The guys stopped, and they started to run away. Now, we didn't know why until we turned and looked back behind us. Out of the bar came the biggest man we've ever seen. He was something like six feet, seven inches, maybe 300 pounds, maybe 2% body fat, just huge. And we called him Bubba. Not to his face, but afterwards when we talked about him. Bubba didn't say a word. He just stood there and he flexed. And you could tell that he was hoping they would try to and have a go at him. And all of a sudden, as Ortberg continues on to say, all of a sudden, my attitude was transformed. And I yelled to the guys running away, yeah, you better not let us catch your coming around here again. I was a different person because I had great big Bubba. I was ready to confront the bullies. I was released from anxiety and fear. I was filled with boldness and confidence. I was ready to help somebody that needed helping. I was ready to serve where serving was required. Why? 
because I had great big Bubba. I was convinced that I was not alone. I was safe. People, we have something way bigger than Bubba. We have God on our side. Throughout Scripture, we are continually reminded of our great God. And when we continue to remember that our God is with us, nothing can be against us. We're living by faith. Now, we don't always have to understand it. We don't even have to see it. But we do need to believe it. The victory is his. And because of that, we too are victors. Philippians 4, 13, I can do everything, not just some things, anything, everything through God, through him who gives me strength. When God is in the picture and we are operating on faith, we can do everything through his power and according to his will. Romans 8, 31, if God is for us, who can be against us? The answer, nobody, nobody and nothing can be against us. The devil will try to work against us as he did with David through different means. And he's going to continue to to throw jabs at us. But the devil cannot win. Whatever circumstances or challenges or addictions are in your life, don't just let it continue to taunt you and to undermine God. Face it. And you're not facing it alone. Face it with the power that God gives you. Face it with the faith that God gives you. Don't retreat. Otherwise, you'll be missing an opportunity to see God at work in your life. Others will be missing an opportunity to see God at work in your life. Don't let Satan tell you, look, take a good look. It can't be done. He did that to David, but David didn't operate by sight. He ran by faith because a giant doesn't have to win. People, this story, this story points us centuries ahead. And points us to another person in Scripture, Jesus. Throughout Jesus' ministry, he had physical giants and spiritual evil giants against him. And towards the end of his ministry on this earth, Jesus entered into Jerusalem. And Jesus knew, as he entered into Jerusalem, he knew where that road was going to lead to. Jesus knew that giant that he had to face, the cross. He had to face his suffering and his death on the cross. He had to face hell. And Jesus prayed and cried out to his Father in heaven if it was God's will to remove this cup. But Jesus remained obedient. Jesus knew the plans that his Father had in mind for him. Already at Jesus' birth, there was a hit put on his life by Herod. And throughout the ministry, Jewish leaders were watching him. And as mentioned, they eventually killed him. But through the power of God and the Holy Spirit, Jesus rose victoriously. And that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that's at work in God's people, in you. Our God is there for all our battles. He's taken away all our sins. He's forgiven us from all our sins. And as we look back, our God has fought the greatest battle for us. Again, the battle of sin and death. The battle against Satan through his son, Jesus. And we have the comfort and assurance that the day is coming when God will rid the evil from this world. And the war will be won. 
There will be no more giants, no more sin, no more death. Because our God is victorious. And people of God have faith in Jesus. Followers of Jesus, we have nothing to fear with God on our side. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we have nothing to fear, and yet so often we still do. So help us to always know your presence in our lives. Help us to know that you are indeed our great God. And when you are for us, nothing can be against us. As David said, you are a great shepherd. And when you are a great shepherd, we are not in need of anything else. So work in us through the power of your spirit to increase our faith. And may through your power, we be able to confront what needs to be dealt with in our lives and in our church, in our world. And we don't do this on our own. We do this with you. And we thank you for your victory over sin and death. We thank you for Jesus, and we ask that you give us faith to trust and believe in Christ alone. We bless you and praise you for your love and for your goodness. And we pray this only in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.